I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm I'm bready even. Bready. Making a lot sure. of bread. Lots of rising and nooks and crannies. <laughs> and yeast. Lots of yeast. Delicious tasty Lots yeast. Delicious <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to Next Two Nerds. My name is Amy, and and this must be a Thursday because I never could get the hang of Thursdays. <laughs> and I'm Shannon, and I do indeed have my towel at the ready. Oh, I do too. Absolutely. <laughs> I hope you all have your towels. Happy towel day, friends! Happy towel day! Hooray! Oh man, I'm it's it's. I mean, it's technically, I mean, I will be putting this out on a Wednesday, and it's not quite towel day at time of recording, but screw it. Every day is a good day to celebrate Douglas Adams. Yes, and you should always have your towel, so these things are important. Yeah, because you don't know when you're going to need it. That's the whole point. Exactly. That's why you always have it with you. It's useful in a variety of situations. Truth. Very truth. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a lot of uh, Douglas Adams content today, but that's gonna be until after we talk about our our stuff that we did for the week. Shannon, what'd you do this week? Um, so my my super happy thing this week, um, broadly is Studio Ghibli film. Um, Good. I just I love Good. them so much. They're so visually appealing. And they just have those lush Verdant environments and like every adorable magical animal pal you could want. And arguably the most delicious looking food to ever be on any screen oh anywhere. Oh my god, that's so true. <laughs> <laughs> like nothing makes me want like ramen and eggs more than a Ghibli movie. Oh, and they always show the process of making it too during the movie and it's just like, why? It's so satisfying and so comforting. Like, oh, I love it. Yes. Um, but specifically this this week, I had a really like hard day, and when I came home, I rewatched Kiki's Delivery Service. Oh yay! And I it's it's definitely one of my favorites. Um, for those not familiar, it's about a thirteen year old witch in training, Kiki, and she ventures out on her own with her familiar uh, Gigi, who's a black cat that talks to her, mm -hmm. um, to kind of complete her witch turnship. Um, so we kind of watch her battle her own insecurities and overcome her self-doubt to totally realize her magical potential and the witch that she's meant to be. Uh, she's such a relatable character, especially for someone like, I'm always my own worst enemy. So it's just super cool to see her kind of get over herself to realize that everything she needs to be successful, she already has inside her. It's, it's the reason that I'm going to name my first cat Gigi. <laughs> it, it really is. And like Phil Hartman as the, the voice in the American dub is so good. Yes. Oh, man. And I just, I love the message of the movie that it's just to like, trust yourself, believe in what you're capable of. And like, that's, that's its own powerful magic. And, like, Miyazaki is so good at doing that with female characters in his films. And it's so refreshing because they're such complete, entire beings. And they're not just props for the male characters. Like, they're heroes, too. Yeah. He, he, I love the way he writes female characters because you can tell he's someone who had daughters and just, you know. Absolutely. Definitely understood the kind of message that you want to, because it's, guess what? Your daughter is, is a child. It's any, like any other child that you would have, you know, they Absolutely. need the same positive influences and the same adventurous stories. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just so dang good. It's so, he has this one quote that I really love. Um, cause an interviewer asked him something about like, you know, oh, you have so many strong females in your movies and he said, many of my movies have strong female leads, brave, self-sufficient girls that don't think twice about fighting for what they believe in with all their hearts. They may need a friend or a supporter, but never a savior. Any woman is just as capable of being a hero as any man. I love that quote. I knew that was the quote that you were going to use, and I was getting a little, yeah. little misty-eyed thinking about it, honestly. So <laughs> He's just... He's just such a, like, I just, I love the way that he sees the world and the things that he tries to put into his movies. Like, they always have such a positive message of being yourself and embracing your own, like, capacities to do good. And just, ugh, everything about him is so great. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> He's a cool dude. 
with many, many awesome movies. Yeah, definitely. Such a good being. Like, he just always makes me feel better. Ghibli movies are just, like, such a bomb to, like, the causticness of the world. And I really needed that this week. So, Kiki's Delivery Service. I'm glad you got to enjoy, I'm glad you got to enjoy that again this week. That's really good. Thanks, dude. I'm glad it helped you out. So, what I did, uh, going kind of along the lines of we were, you were talking about the food in Ghibli movies. um, Oh, yeah. I have uh, been, um... Well, I, I have been playing a lot of, had been playing a lot of, um, Cook, Serve, Delicious. Oh, that sounds adorable. I don't know what it is, but I'm immediately intrigued. It's basically a typing game, but you, you, the, it's a series of games. The most recent one, you, you, you run a food truck across the country in, like, post-apocalyptic America, and it's great. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> but it's, and it's awesome, but, it, and it's a lovely game, but it can be, like, super stressful, okay gotcha because it's like it's like you have to constantly make food and do it quickly and do it right and i'm a perfectionist production games gotcha yes and i'm like the ultimate perfectionist so if like if i don't get gold (laughs) i'm like i restart restart the whole mission oh no i'm that person (laughs) so i kind of took a break from that and was actually playing a game that i i played back when it came out a couple years ago but hadn't played it since when i was in japan because i didn't have a computer that could properly run video games um, oh okay <laughs> uh but the the game is called battle chef brigade is the name of it nice alliteration right i love i, I love it. me some alliteration and it's it's a game that came out it must have been in 2017 because it was kind of new when i got it and and I, okay i played most of it but um it's basically it's a game that is um very much like Iron Chef was back in the day. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, where you're, you know, you compete against other chefs to, and you're trying to get into the Battle Chef Brigade, which is where yeah. where the cool interesting twist part comes in is that it's set in this very like fantasy um D&D kind of universe. Yeah, where there's like orcs and elves and monsters. That's awesome. Yeah, you even you get a theme ingredient like they do with Iron Chef America, and oh, uh, Iron right. Chef. I don't know why I added the America on. I guess because that's been the one that's been out. I get it. I totally get it. It definitely has the feel of the original Japanese show, though. It, it's oh my god, that's awesome. The um the I... the head of it is very like the guy you know who used to take a bite out of a pepper or no no it, no it was an onion right? It was an onion. Oh my god, you're right. He that just fucking crazy, crazy motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> he was, what, what was he called? Like the chairman? The or chairman. Something? That's it. I think it's actually called, it might even be called the chairman in this, um, in this game. I, I can't remember. And he looked like, um, the fucking bad dude from Mortal Kombat. Like he was going to invite you to his island to eat onions and cry. Right. Like. <laughs> And it's it's so good, and um, you you have to go out, so you have to go out and fight the monsters and gather, you know, the ingredients. Oh, that's awesome! And how the um the cooking actually works is it's like it's a match three game, so like bejeweled. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's got its own little twists in it though. There's little twists in the story that kind of change up the formula of the game and change up the puzzles a little bit. And oh my gosh, the art style is absolutely gorgeous. It feels very hand drawn and just very. It's a really pretty game. It's that's it's, awesome. It's got some pretty. It's it's pretty simple mechanics. It's nothing crazy, but it's got a very interesting story, great characters, and those match three games are so addictive. They really are, and they're kind of relaxing because they you think about them, but not obsessively. So, like you can kind of just disconnect a little and like unwind. Right, like just, I'm going to match these colors and match these and make this, and oh, that's going to match there, and that's going to be great. And your brain just kind of turns off a little bit while you do yeah, it. Yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, so I played that I played that again after having not played it for a while, and they actually um, put in lots of new cool stuff. Like, um, I think they put in dailies, and you can do versus matches and stuff, so it looks pretty good now. Oh yay! Right, so definitely, definitely check it out if you got a chance. It's probably really cheap. It's an older game, and it wasn't expensive at the time. It's Battle Chef Brigade. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, so that was fun. But hey. um, let's get into freaking Towel Day stuff. I'm Heck so excited. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm I'm such a. We're both really big fans of Douglas Adams, so. 
Yeah, I've been I've been plotting my my Douglas Adams tattoo for quite some time. Oh, <laughs> dude, that's a really good idea. <laughs> oh, dang. Maybe maybe when things settle, we can go get like a little Douglas Adams tattoo together. If yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 been a an influence and a fixture in my life for almost as long as I can remember. Yeah, definitely. But we gotta start. We gotta start a little negative. We gotta start with our characters that we don't like, and obviously a property that we love very much. And we found out yesterday that we picked the same character. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just. I think all of you listening can imagine who that character would be. I feel like it's a pretty obvious. Yeah, because <laughs> Trisha McMillan is just, it's not that she's a bad, like, terrible, oh my god, horrible character. It's just that she's not anything, and she could have been so much more. Exactly, exactly. Like, all of the building blocks for, like, the coolest female sci-fi character are there. Like, She's a mathematician and an astrophysicist, and she runs off with an alien on a stolen spaceship. Like, that's my shit. Right? She's but everything then... I want to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then you're just kind of like, oh, oh, okay. Like, she should be amazing, but they take her to the precipice of coolness and then just kind of pull back and leave her hanging out while everything else happens. Right. And I know, I know Douglas Adams did kind of reference this and uh, whenever, you know, he's kind of asked about it and he's like, yeah, I, I didn't know, I didn't know what to do is basically his. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think, uh, like I remember reading about it a little bit and don't panic and he just, he sort of just couldn't figure out where to go. And he was just having a very difficult time writing anything, let alone like trying to figure out what to do with this, like, super awesome complex character right like the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy started as just some like drunk rambling jokey stuff so right him yeah. writing like really thoughtful and and well put into characters it was kind of not so much a big thing in the initial discussions of the book it, yeah like he's he's a writer who doesn't necessarily enjoy writing Yes. <laughs> yeah. What's what's the one quote? Yeah, I love deadlines. I love the whooshing noise they make as they go by. Like he, yeah. <laughs> so good. It's and I think that that's really what it is. Like I don't, I don't have any animosity towards him for not building her up. But it's like we never really get to go deep with Trillian. Like every time we see her, it's from an outside perspective that's filtered through the lens of one of the male observers. Right, right. Well, it's mostly and like, through, it feels like it's, it always feels like it's a story told through Arthur Dent's eyes as it is, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which, I mean, I love Arthur Dent, but it would be, because she's, she's always giving clever, like, observations, and she's always the one who's like, Zaphod, don't touch that fucking button, you fool. Like, yes. <laughs> she's the one like, with the brain, yeah. Yeah, she's level-headed, and she's knowledgeable, and it just... I wanted her to have more of a voice. Yeah, I and I think he even felt that too, Douglas Adams. I'm I think sure. he was like, you know, eh, I wish I could have written this character better. I think I think there's probably quotes with him. I feel like I've read this somewhere, probably again in Don't Panic, where he's just like, I wish I was better at writing her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I I I feel like he really does wish that he could have built her up to her full potential cuz he built such a, a different type of character in sci-fi because the typical female archetype is always just kind of like, you know, candy. And she was not. She was brilliant and educated and adventurous. But right. then she still gets written off on the radio show by saying that she'd been forcibly married to, like, some galactic rotary club president, for fuck's oh, sake. God. Oh, that's right. Man. <laughs> That's the thing is you never know what's canon in in the Hitchhiker's Guide universe because there is so much content based on so many different things that it's just like so much. And then there's like, oh, that was actually like an artificial construct that didn't happen. And that was the third version of that person that only existed in this. Like, right. Exactly. <laughs> it's like it, it's nothing. Nothing means anything anyway. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> right. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything is fine. Don't panic. It's cool. Don't panic. Never panic. 
Um, but yeah, I know. I, I wish we could say more about her as a character, but that's the thing is, is that's the problem. There's really just not that much to say. Yeah, the only time we get like a little peek at like her internal thought process is when she's thinking about whether she should leave Zaphod or not. And like, even that little glimpse, it's like, it's her thinking about if she should leave her shitty boyfriend. Like, it's not what I was hoping for. <laughs> right? You're just reading that, sitting there reading that like, yes, you should. Yes. Like, yes, go, he's the worst. Go, go, Go please. away. <laughs> like, when I was, when I was younger, like, I wanted her to steal the heart of gold and go have an adventure with Ford. Like, why are you hanging out with these stupid people? Go do something cool. Right? Ford <laughs> is the cooler person to hang out with. Right. Like, he has a real job. He's, you know, smart and funny and adventurous. And, like, I do love Arthur, like, especially as an adult. But, oh, yeah. like, Trillion. Girl. Girl, come on. <laughs> come on. What hope is there for the rest of us who don't have multiple PhDs and access to intergalactic space travel if this is what happens to you? <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's... Man, the probability on that is just not good. <laughs> the... <laughs> Nicely the, done, dude. The improbability. Well, it's like you said it before. It's just like the most disappointing characters are always like the underdeveloped ones, you know? Right? Like, I, I like... I, I like characters of all kinds. I like characters who are good and bad and have good things and bad things about them. But, you know, you want to have a character who you feel like has an arc to who they are as a person. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, there's there's a lot that could have been done that just wasn't. And I don't necessarily think it's... I know Douglas really tried. And, you know, like, uh, Sandra Dickinson from the radio show did her brilliantly. Like, she's amazing. And they tried, but, you know, there just wasn't a lot to work with. So, yeah, exactly. But, you know, it happens. If, if that's the worst thing that honestly came out of a, a book as old as it is. Yeah, so. she's definitely not a terrible female character. So, you know, I'll take it. <laughs> and, I mean, she could have picked like a way cooler name than just combining her first and last name together. Like, if you're running away into space, like your options are limitless. Like, just get fucking weird with it. Right? You could have picked anything. <laughs> You could have named yourself after a very obscure car, like freaking Ford, you know? It's <laughs> right? Like, do something wild, you know? Like, you're going to meet insane beings out in the, the galaxy. Maybe maybe something a little cooler than Trillion. Right? <laughs> it just sounds like a number. <laughs> right? Although it does speak well to the the media itself that, we couldn't really find a character that we totally hate. It was just one that we were disappointed in. So right. that's cool. Right. <laughs> we're not mad. We're just disappointed. <laughs> like my mom when I was a teenager. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> See, not too much of a bummer. Cause no, no. Not too much. No bummers here. Hashtag no bummers. Hashtag no bummers. <laughs> Shannon, so obviously our question of the week is going to be themed around the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and yes. content. I'm I'm just going to go first on this because I'm just I just kind of straight up picked Douglas Adams because I really want to talk Yay! about him. Do it, do it! I'm so excited. Like he's <laughs> just like a huge hero for me. I know this has been like you know kind of par for the course with me talking about my crush of the week, but that's a good reason to have a crush on someone though. Like. For real. Right? He's done so many good things. And, you know, if, for anyone who doesn't know, why are you... Well, first, why are you listening to this episode? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know. Um, <laughs> hashtag spoilers for everything we're going to talk about, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, Sorry. Yeah, he, he passed away in, on May 11th in 2001. Uh, he was born... He was born on March 11th of uh, 1952, so... He would have been 69 this year. Hashtag nice. Oh, the sexiest um, birthday. Right? So that, that's kind of <laughs> lame. Would have at least been cool for him to get 69. That's that would have been rad. That's yeah. not fair. Uh, <laughs> but the amount of things that he was involved in and that shape the things that I believe in and understand to this day are just like... It's absolutely it's, right. It's impeccable. Like, like even just beyond sci-fi, like such a good human. 
Yeah, I mean, well, he worked with Monty Python, you know, a little bit back in the day. He was pals with Graham Chapman. Which is so cool. Right? Being pals with any of those people is just super cool. Um, yeah. You know. Bucket list goals. <laughs> right? These are, his entire life is just a life goal for me. Yeah. <laughs> like, he worked on, he did, he wrote Doctor Who for one of the best doctors of all time, Tom Baker. Oh, yes. Yes. So many good episodes. So many good episodes. And it's probably also why David Tennant is, like, another favorite doctor for me, because his first appearance is basically just a reference to Hitchhiker's Guide. It's, su- yeah, it's such a nod to all of Adam's Adams's work. Absolutely. He even says, like, oh, yeah, that Arthur Dent was a nice guy. Anyway. Yeah! <laughs> Adorable. <laughs> oh, God. And, you know, he's, obviously, like you were saying, he's done so much outside of writing outside of sci-fi fantasy to just help the universe in general like yeah him being pals with richard dawkins and oh know, yeah love richard dawkins doing last chance to see and, and being like a really big advocate for you know i just anyone who is completely enamored and awed by the coolness of nature always gets my vote like <laughs> right like you can't be a bad person if you're like man animals are cool right like yes <laughs> yeah anyone who gets excited about animals is that's normally a good indicator of the quality of their their being <laughs> right exactly and like especially coming from a kind of more religious family having somebody who is like i am an athe like a staunch atheist but i care about a lot of different things absolutely it's such a good example of what atheism actually is because I think so many religious people immediately attach to the negative connotations that are so often associated with it. And it doesn't have to be that. Yeah, exactly. Everyone immediately thinks of just jerks are atheists and it's, you don't have to be that way, you know? Absolutely. Like being a good person isn't exclusive to being religious. And using that as, you know, again, if, if your religion is something that is, you know, makes you feel like a more complete person and makes you, you know, be the better person, then that's wonderful and fantastic. And I'm absolutely, but it doesn't have to be a deciding factor in the kind of human being that you are. Right. Right. It was really nice for me to kind of see that in, I'll I'll get into more of, you know, we're at towards the end of this, we're kind of going to talk about how we uh, got into the hitchhiker's guide and we'll definitely get there. Um, Oh God. What else did I want to talk about with him? Um, oh god, yeah, Neil Gaiman, another pal of his, and probably wouldn't have gotten as much into Neil Gaiman if I hadn't been so into Douglas Adams. It's a natural progression, for sure. Yeah. It definitely is. What else? Oh, yeah, and I didn't know this. I knew he had a, I I knew he was pals with David Gilmore from Pink Floyd. Yeah. Which is super cool. Um, but his biography, it's called Wish You Were Here, which is obviously a nod. It has to be. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and uh, on his 42nd birthday, Douglas Adams made a guest appearance at Pink Floyd's concert. In, Shut up! In London. I know! Isn't that oh my a, god! He played guitar on brain damage and Eclipse. I was like, that's great! Stop it! That's, that's excellent! So cool! And, and um, Gilmore also performed at his memorial service in 2001 i was like oh Aww. another solid that's bean. fucking cool another yeah. solid bean david gilmore but uh and just the the style of writing that he does and the way that he connects his humor and satire but doing it in a way that doesn't sound like he's trying to be preachy or trying to be you know something he isn't yeah it just it it's very genuine like it just it you can tell that it really comes from his heart and that everything that he writes is not only something that he means, but something that he would enjoy reading if he were reading it. Like, he puts himself into everything. Right. Like, you can obviously tell that he is a huge nerd and fan of all of the things that he writes about, which is why he can do satire and do humor around it so well. Absolutely, because he has a genuine affection for the material, so it's okay when he kind of pokes at it, because it's no, there's no malice, it's just like, you know, when you tease your best friend, because you love them. Exactly. This is not the Big Bang Theory. This is not a bunch of people trying to make fun of nerds because, you know, 
<laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. There's no meanness. Like the, there wasn't like a mean bone in his body. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He was all good and all nice and all so like, so cool. He had such a super cool effect on the universe, and we were again another person that we were just lucky to have on this planet. You know. Absolutely. Like, just a, a really good, solid being putting nothing but good things out into the world. Yeah. So he's he's my crush of the week, Douglas Adams. Oh, such a good stuff. one. He also <laughs> signs his name very similar into the way that I signed my name, which is you can read <laughs> the first letter, and that's it. <laughs> that's awesome. It's like there's a D and an A, and then just... <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely a D and possibly some other letters. And possibly <laughs> some other letters after them. And one of my one of my favorite quotes from him is, um, "Let me see, I wrote it down." <laughs> <laughs> I may not have gone where I intended to go, but think I have ended up where I needed to be. Right, that's, that's such a, a good one. Always one of my favorites. It's a very yeah. It's a very Dirk Gently thing. Very gently quote, yeah. <laughs> it's it's so comforting though, like yes, He's just the very idea that in a very silly, outlandish way, you know. Yeah, yeah, I I enjoy that. That's good stuff. Yeah, Shannon, who's your crush of the week? Oh man, um, I don't think anyone who knows me will be surprised by this. Um, but for my crush of the week, I picked Martin Freeman. Yay! Um, <laughs> uh, I'm excited. I yeah, I I adore him. Um, and you know he plays our beloved Arthur Dent in the much maligned 2005 film. Um, I really enjoyed the film, but I know that there's a lot of, you know. I love that movie. I think yeah. I think people were expecting it to be like a carbon copy of the books, but no yeah. no content from Hitchhiker's Guide in the in the universe has been like the same to itself nothing has been like you know the book is different from the radio series which is different from the tv series you know yeah it's all very much its own thing so i think if you go into it with that mindset and you just sort of like oh here's more content from this thing that i love then it, you'll be okay you exactly. know exactly and most of um, is just the best fucking person oh my god right the best Ford. When I saw so that good. he was playing Ford, I got so many feels deep down in my heart. Oh, right? so good. He does. So I good. almost picked him. I almost picked him. Same but... here. Same here. <laughs> I had to be true to to my roots. Um, and Martin Freeman just—he has such a great catalog of character. He's Watson on the BBC Sherlock. Yep. With our boy Cumberbuns, who I love. Uh, he's my sweet, beautiful young Bilbo. In the Hobbit films, such a good um, Bilbo, yeah. Oh, he's so good, just like so, like sweetly curmudgeonly and just hesitant and tentative, but so kind. His little harumph face is great. So good. He nails um, it. Just oh yeah, so good. And he's in my favorite Christmas movie, Love Actually. Oh, that's um, right. Oh. Yeah, yeah. He's got a little little bit in that. And the first thing I ever saw him in was in the original Office, where he plays Tim Canterbury. Yes. Um, he's, he's the progenitor of Jim Halpert. So. Yeah. <laughs> like, I fell for him immediately. Like, his face is so expressive, and every time he mugs at the camera, I just lose it. Like. So good. And he's a part of the Marvel Universe now, which is super cool. Yeah, right. That's gotta um, be awesome. Yeah, he was uh, Everett K. Ross, who showed up first in Civil War, and then he became a much bigger character in Black Panther, um, where he uses an American accent, which super freaked me out at first. Same, um, <laughs> big same, yeah. <laughs> um, he's in um, Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright's Three Flavors Coronetto trilogy, which is awesome. Yes. Um, and a thing I found out about him when I was researching him is that he's super into soul and jazz music. Um, he actually, he cultivated a, um, a collection with Eddie Piller, who's like the founder of Acid Jazz Records. And there's two collections and there's Spotify playlists for both of them. One is called Martin Freeman and Eddie Piller present jazz on the corner. And then the second one is Martin Freeman and Eddie Piller present soul on the corner. Um, ah. 
which I thought was kind of cool. Cause like, I admittedly don't know a lot about soul and jazz, but it's always so fun to find out what people you like are passionate about. So I really have to check this out now. <laughs> I immediately thought of you. Cause I was like, I wonder if Amy knows about this. <laughs> I, I am the Howard moon to your, you are, you're your my jazz building. maverick. And I'm, I'm, I'm just out here pulling shapes. Yep. <laughs> I am, I am definitely the Vince Noir of our duo. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a cosplay that we have to do one day. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> but like, I saw this, um, there's this great little video on YouTube where he's talking about the experience of buying tangible records and the appeal and importance of record stores. And he's just so lovely and so just so ardently speaking about how important it is to go to record stores and he's such a good bean and i just i like his face so much <laughs> i like his face <laughs> i do and i know that sounds really shallow but like i could just watch him make faces he does like, give he me a has such an expressive face he really does like just give me a 30 minute youtube compilation of him pulling faces and i'll watch it <laughs> It's such an important part of acting, too, that a lot of people neglect when they're, you know, watching a movie is all of the things that you don't say and how you just are able to emote without saying anything. Seriously, like all of the nonverbal stuff, like it's almost like that's become like a trademark of his. And he sort of passed that on to um, the, the American office to the character of Jim, because that's such a big deal as the faces that Jim is making to the camera behind other characters back and yes. that's kind of what Martin Freeman I don't want to say he invented it because I know other actors did but like god damn it he invented it god damn it for <laughs> me he invented it he definitely made it like a big thing you know yeah I I just I love him so much and that's why he's my crush of the week so Yay. thanks for everything Martin Freeman <laughs> <laughs> oh man yay oh good crushes hooray that's great yeah I'm that was so fun. Excited. I like that. Good. Oh, <laughs> sweet. We're gonna get into some D and D, and I'm I'm real excited for some D and D stuff. But um, Shannon, I want you to go first and tell me about who you picked for my D and Dfying this week. Um, I I went through a lot of different choices before I finally landed on someone that I couldn't not pick. Um, so for my pick, I picked Slarty Bartfus. Yay. Um. <laughs> He's he's one of my favorite, like, not so main characters, but he's just so cool. Like He's pretty great. He's pretty great and shows up in a in a great way and yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just I really, really enjoy him and like he's got like just like a lot of little great lines here and there and his like he builds planets. Like that's fucking cool. Like And anyone who um, has a name that is clearly like, you know, Douglas Adams was just like trying to think of names and drinking a couple beers and went, <laughs> Slarty Bartfist. He wanted his name to sound rude, which I think is excellent. Like, <laughs> right, it does. It sounds like an old 1800s, like, you know, the level of a really bad curse. <laughs> yeah. And he's just, yeah, he's so awesome. And like, I liked him in the original TV series, and I really liked Bill Nighy as him. With, like, a big fur coat. It was pretty cool. Yes. Um, so I I had a hard time deciding between Earth Genasi and Water Genasi. Because mm. there's a case for both. Because he basically helps build planets. So basically he's doing, like, terraforming. So elemental magic, essentially. Right. But he said his favorite bits are the coastlines. Um, mm. That's true. And the fjords. So I landed, I landed with water genasi just because you know he liked gotta pick something he liked he liked the post yeah Yeah. so that was that was his thing that he was super excited about um and like water genasi they're always super confident but sometimes that can make them take risks that aren't so great and kind of get themselves and others into trouble and he's got that great quote um, perhaps I'm old and tired, but I think the chances of finding out what's actually going on are so absurdly remote that the only thing to do is say, hang the sense of it and keep yourself busy. I'd much rather be happy than right any day. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that's a mood. <laughs> that's a big mood. Big old mood. So I feel like that kind of fits. And, you know, you get to shape water cantrip at third level so you can create and destroy water, which would come in handy for making fjords and coastlines. 
Yes, especially fjords. Especially fjords. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I feel like that works. And for um, class, I, I did a little poking around on that too. And I landed with wizard. So. Oh, cool. Good. Yeah, I feel, you know, because their primary ability is intelligence. And I figured with School of Transmutation, that's the modifying of energy and matter. So that's as close to terraforming as you can kind of get. Right. In D&D. And then also um, you get polymorph, um, which I feel would come into play if you're building a whole planet because you can turn a <laughs> creature into any other creature. So, yeah. you know, I'm sure he's he's making some weird shit. Oh, man. And then, right. <laughs> and then, you know, you become master transmuter at level 14. Um, so I feel like all that kind of tracks with what his actual job is in the world of hitchhikers. And I did a little... Um, investigating for his background and mm-hmm. in the Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica there's a background called Is It Engineer? Um, and basically what they are is they're in charge of like the construction and the architecture the architecture for crafting all of the infrastructure that allows Ravinikans to enjoy running water and levitating platforms and all of the other technological advances that make it easier for them to live in a big city. So I thought that would be kind of cool. Um, Cause you know, he's building weird magical planet stuff. So, right. And they have proficiencies in Arcana and investigation. So that kind of tracks. Definitely. Yeah. And for his alignment, I had to go with chaotic neutral. Um, yeah. yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Um, mainly for his character, because he kind of just wants to do what he wants and build cool shit because he likes it. Right. And he's not really too worried about what's, like, he gets in trouble for, like, building too many fjords or something. Yeah. And he, he just doesn't really, he's, he's very upset by that because they're great and they look cool and what the fuck, guys. I feel, so. like, I feel like Douglas Adams cannot write a character who isn't chaotic something, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there are no lawful characters, oh God, really, no. that I can think of. Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone and Janassi can toward neutral anyway, so that kind of tracks with the rest of the book. Right, so. yeah, they, they're just kind of in it for them, yeah. Yeah, so that was... That was what I decided that Slarty Bartfest would be. He would be a water genasi wizard. Nice. Oh, I like it a lot. That's Thanks, really dude. cool. I like it. It was super fun. How about you? So I picked I picked Dirk gently. Yay! Yay. I picked Dirk gently <laughs> from the uh, from the Dirk gently books, <laughs> obviously. Uh, <laughs> Dirk gently of Dirk gently fame. Oh, yes, Dirk gently famously <laughs> in Dirk gently. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Yeah, he's a fun he's a fun character and uh just a fun I think it would I thought it would be cool to try and figure out what sort of class it you know I could shove him into. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to hear. Yeah. So I mean starting with his race, I actually decided to make him a half elf. Oh, nice. Cause they get because he's, you know, he's a psychic. Yes. So, you know, I wanted a little bit of that elf nonsense in there that elf kind of you know immune to being charmed and and shit and you know or advantage For against sure. being charmed or whatever yeah absolutely and they get the plus two to charisma which is nice because he is pretty charming he's pretty charming and like unreasonably so like you would not think him to be a charming person but he just is yeah against all odds like he just charms the fuck out of you <laughs> exactly <laughs> Exactly, which is why I was like, I want to focus on something with charisma in it when I'm thinking about his class. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree. So I actually decided to make him a bard. Oh, that's so yes. good. Because that's so good. As, as you may know, I love bards. Yes. <laughs> bards are just really good, versatile classes that you can really play around with, especially in terms of if you want to roleplay a character in a D&D game, a bard is a really great class to play. Yeah, there's so many options for, like, what kind of specialties they can have. Like, for his bard college, I went into um, the Unearthed Arcana, which is not, you know, currently... It's currently unofficial material. The, the, the material. I can talk. But um, because there's this really cool bard college called the College of Eloquence. 
Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's basically just based around manipulating people and, you know, it's, you know, manipulating through your own speech and your own charisma and more, you know, being kind of Oh, that's of, perfect. Yeah. This is That's so perfect. This is great. This is perfect. There is even <laughs> there's even a um an ability they get um undeniable logic. I saw that and I was like, this is perfect. Yeah. Because like, oh my God, that's so, that's like Douglas Adams invented that. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I said. What, Amazing. You can spin words laced with magic into a knot of reasoning that can be encouraging or impossible to follow. Oh my God. <laughs> like, that's amazing. is freaking perfect. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's it's great, and you can like cause psychic damage based on your your bardic inspiration rolls on it, which is like it's. Oh uh, yes, yes, that's awesome. It's great. And so I was like, oh, this is the perfect class. So he would be a college of eloquence bard. Um, again, putting a lot into his charisma. Yeah. It was honestly kind of hard to build his ability scores, just because I feel like he's a pretty well-rounded dude. He seems to be one of those sort of like jack-of-all-trades kind of kind of characters like he's just kind of really good at most things right so i really only dropped like strength was my you know if you're doing your standard array i put the eight in strength yeah you know and the ten in constitution and then from there depending on what you want to pick you can pick whatever but you know yeah he's not known for like feats of strength or anything no he's not so much a beat him up fisticuffs sort of guy <laughs> yeah no definitely not um, <laughs> I, um, I, his background was kind of hard. I wasn't really sure where to put him in a basic background, but I ended up picking Sage because it gives you, you know, it gives you extra languages. It gives you the skill proficiency in history and, you know, you can pick some Which other stuff. Which makes sense. Yeah. 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 And, you know, be, being I that I made him a, a half-elf and that I made him a bard, he's got proficiencies in basically everything important, which I think that... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, that tracks for sure. Like everything not physically based is is an advantage for, for this character <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, that sounds exactly right. <laughs> yeah. I was just like that that that'll work. That'll be great. There's even a um you know how in um in your character details you they'll uh they'll suggest to you like different things to put into your uh your personality, your ideals, your bonds. They have like, you know. Yeah. There's even there's there's perfect ones for him in there. Like there's nothing I like more than a good mystery. Oh snap! It's like yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I am easily distracted by the promise of information. I was like yes. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Great stuff like that. Um, and then God, I was thinking about again what his alignment was, and I'm like I'm guessing chaotic good, honestly. Yeah, no, that tracks for sure. Because he seems, he always seems to want to help genuinely, like help people, especially people who, you know, tell their story and are not believed. He is the only person who will believe them. Yeah, he's definitely a champion for the underdog. It's just his methods that are a bit unorthodox. Right. You know, he uses the whole Sherlock Holmes idea of you know, whatever is impossible. You know, if if only the impossible remains, whatever is left is the truth. Only I yes. believe the impossible. Yes. So he's, a, yeah, definitely not a person who is any kind of neutral or lawful. Definitely a chaotic and... Yeah. I think definitely a good. He, he He's, even though he, you know, is a little bit shifty sometimes. And I think his shiftiness just kind of comes from his otherness. Like, I don't know, it, there's no malice or ill will behind it. It's just sort of his brain doesn't work like that. Right? Like, he, he got kicked out of his college for accidentally writing, like, a term paper that was like word to word, comma to comma, exactly what <laughs> another one was. It's it just because like he cannot control his psychic ability. Right, right. And like it's he's just, always inconvenient for him. He's wired differently. Like he just doesn't work like a regular person. <laughs> exactly. He just kind of exists and does his thing. Yeah. But that's he's he's a. I thought he would be a fun character to make, and I I didn't think going into this that I was gonna make him a bard but I made him a bard so yeah that's a super fun build I I really like it yeah I actually want to play again I want to play this now 
<laughs> We're gonna have to start so many D and D campaigns. I know, right? <laughs> or just start a solely nerd universe D and D character campaign <laughs> where all the NPCs are random characters we've already talked about on the show. <laughs> just to see them interact with each other. <laughs> we have some like kind of comments and, and questions and, and a bunch of random things to talk about that we asked some people to share, you know, about your experience with Hitchhiker's Guide. Um, my, uh, my buddy Jason uh, sent us a super sweet little anecdote about how he got into Hitchhiker's Guide. Oh, yes, it was so um, sweet. Yeah, it was, it was really nice. And uh, he said, when I got into seventh grade, I met two guys who would end up being my best friends to this day. One of them had a hardback copy of Hitchhikers and basically told me I had to read it. So I did. And I can honestly say that who I am now probably has a lot to do with that book. We traded that copy back and forth until we got the giant one that had all of the trilogy in it. It was like our Bible. That's just like, that's so sweet. I like, know, right? That's adorable. And it's, I feel like it's very similar to like our experience, like where we just kind of found the book and it became such a part of how we see stuff you know right a lot of I, I it was a lot of you know just we magically found this book and this is how it changed our life you know yeah and i it's so nice to hear about other people having that sort of experience with it because i don't know when you when you kind of adopt a piece of creative media it's always comforting to hear that other people have had a similar experience right do you feel a little bit less like different it's nice yeah, like, we're we're a big tribe of nerdy weirdos, even if we're all spread out all over. One of us. One of us. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. I love that. Yeah, that was super sweet. You also had a great thing that um, our, our friend, more, well, more your friend because you have currently been living in the same area as her. Yeah, you, you've been out of the country for a while. <laughs> you know, just a couple years or so. You know, it's fine. <laughs> But that you were saying uh, some really cool stuff that Sarah told you. Oh, yeah, that was uh, that was really and it was something that I didn't even think of. She sent me a message and she said that she was always going to associate specifically Dirk Gently with Ross Geller from Friends. It's and so good. I didn't immediately like I didn't immediately make the connection because it's admittedly been a while since I have either watched Friends, you know, or read the Dirk Gently books, but she brought up, um, right, and, and the, yeah, the sofa on the, <laughs> pivot, and the sofa pivot, on the, pivot, 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 pivot. <laughs> and it's so on the nose, and now I can't unthink it, so now I will forever associate Ross Keller with Dirk Gently. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, that's that that was good stuff. So thanks for sharing, you guys. It's always cool to hear about. Right. I love to hear like cool stories about how people got into nerdy things or what people think about. It's my favorite, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. So yeah. Um we wanted to talk about well Shannon, your your husband your he husband your your wife my, for life -o. My 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 wife for life. I don't know where that came from. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, don't be sorry. That was fantastic, and I will absolutely call him that when he gets home today. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm so glad. Yeah, he. Um... Sorry, that was a good one. That's the um... title of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> like Excellent. Super life um, he wanted to know. What Hitchhiker's character did we most identify with when we were younger, and has that changed at all now that we're adults? Such a good question. Super good, yeah. Such a good question, because I, I mean, well, you, I think, started reading Hitchhikers at a younger age than I did. I think the first time I got the first book, I want to say I took it out of the library maybe when I was, like, 11. Oh, wow. Oh, man, that's um, so awesome. Yeah, the, I I was mainly drawn to the cover art because it was the one that had, like, the weird little smile with the thumbs up, the, the weird little face. Yes, I know exactly um, what you mean. I have a t-shirt yeah. on the, with that right now, actually. Oh, that's that makes me so happy. 
that makes me so happy. Yeah, like I, you know, I, I grew up really poor and I didn't have a lot of books of my own at my disposal. So like our weekly trips to the library were a huge deal for me. And at my local library, I was always allowed eight books at a time. Um, and I was a weird kind of, I don't want to say friendless, but I was a weird, lonely, only child. So like eight books was like the bare minimum for me. I feel you. <laughs> And I, you know, after I ran out of stuff in like the young reader section, I started to wander into the adult section and sci-fi and fantasy is where I gravitated. And I had never heard of Douglas Adams. I didn't know who he was, but I saw, you know, this weird blue book, with like this crazy little smiley thumbs up. And I was like, oh, this might be kind of cool. And I took it home and I think I read it in probably like two and a half days and there was just no looking back. <laughs> That's wonderful. Thanks, dude. Yeah, like, and when I was a kid, like, my favorite character was Ford. Like. Oh, yeah. Everybody loves Hands down. Yeah. Like, he's the cool, funny alien who comes and whisks away the human. Like, he's exciting and he's clever and he's so dynamic. And he's just, like, he's almost totally unflappable. Like, he's just like, oh, well, all right, we'll do this now. Like, yeah. yeah, very little seems to affect him. Yeah, and just, like, as a super anxious kid, I was just like, oh, he would be the best person to hang out with. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, he was the one that, like, I wanted to come and rescue me from, like, you know, my my mundane life. I wanted him to come and whisk me away, and we would hang out and be best friends, and I would help him research for the Hitchhiker's Guide and meet cool aliens and do cool shit. Like, he... He's he's still one of my favorite characters, but when I was a kid, he was just the ultimate cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. He's great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I don't know, now that I've gotten older, um, I feel much more of an affinity with Arthur. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, please just let me have my quiet life and don't destroy my house. Like, <laughs> I would just like to drink tea quietly, please. Thank you. I would just like a nice cup of tea. I, I'm going to hang out in my pajamas and just have a, a nice, ordinary life. Please don't destroy it. <laughs> the first time he gets onto the heart of gold and, he, and he's just like, something, something's missing. Oh, that's right, tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I, I just, I, I get that. And it's just, the, the older I get, the more that I am a hobbit. And the less I long for adventure and the more I just want the comforts of home and, you know, quiet predictability so like as an adult I definitely I feel Arthur more and I definitely kind of sympathize with him like he has this grand adventure but he doesn't necessarily want it (laughs) no he doesn't want it he ends up like kind of dealing with it and enjoying parts of it as they go along but he mostly just wants to go to some semblance of home yeah exactly exactly so I I still love Ford but like older me I just want my Baba Yaga house and with like a nice tea kettle and my books and I'm good so how about you what's what's your hitchhiker's guide history my friend it's kind of funny because I I'm kind of the reverse I think of what your experience with them is oh cool I can't wait to hear yeah so when I started reading them I I knew nothing about the series until I was in like my early 20s oh that's awesome yeah I think around the time when I met you is when I started started reading hitchhiker's guide Oh, that's so cool! Yeah, I actually remember because I, um, when I was in college, I and from when I was like in my late teens, I started working at Barnes and Noble and worked there for forever, and uh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> worked there through college and stuff. So I obviously I was you know in touch with a lot of books, which was a really cool part of it. I think yeah. we both agree about that. Yeah, but, um, it it was cool for a little while. <laughs> yeah, but. So I, I went I went to school for art, and um, while I was, some, some of the things that I did, like I did little, you know, jobs at campuses to earn extra money, and um, I was the studio, like, you know, when they would show display stuff, I would like, I could sit and like, you know, monitor, and if people had questions, blah, blah, blah. And I started reading Hitchhiker's Guide, and I remember like reading it, and be, it being like one of the first books that I can remember just laughing out loud with. Oh, it it just felt so good to read something that made me feel like I wasn't weird, you know? Right. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Cuz as so good. 
as a kid up until around you know my early 20s I always felt like very much of an outcast in my own family and very much not you know nobody else was really into art or music or all the weird nerdy stuff that I was into or video games yeah you know, I didn't. I didn't want to play sports. I had asthma. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. I was in marching band. You know, I was like, I always felt like the odd one out, and felt very like weird, and and felt like that was a bad thing. But like reading, reading this series, the the five book trilogy, as it were, uh, <laughs> it really made me feel like I was, you know, not normal. But it made me feel like it was okay to be weird and okay absolutely. You know, it's like, like an affirmation of your weirdness. Exactly. So I yeah. think initially going into the books, I was very much, you know, the Arthur Dent kind of character. I was very much like, I'm just happy in my little bubble, you know. Oh. I just want to be happy and not piss anybody off, and you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll sit, <laughs> I'll sit at the bar and say, oh, it's you know, it must be a Thursday because I don't get Thursdays, and just be grumpy and sad. <laughs> Because he's a very, like, I still I, I still love the character of Arthur Dent and still find him very relatable. But yeah. at this, at that, and at that point in my life, you know, I was very hesitant to try new things and to really, especially with art, thinking that I couldn't do anything with that as a job or, or you know. Right, right. Yeah. If you're not in the sort of environment that naturally encourages that, you're not going to think that it's something you can just do. Right. I felt very, you know. Arthur Dent. But the more I've gotten older, I've done a lot of traveling. I've done a lot of like moving around. Yeah, you have. You're you're a regular adventurer. I'm I remember when you are. I remember when you told me that you were going to Japan by yourself. I was like so proud of you. Like that's Aww. such an amazing thing to do. Aww. It's just super impressive that like you you did that. You're you're a woman alone in another country, and that was fucking Thanks, dope. <laughs> but that's the kind of thing that I feel with um with uh, that I've become a little bit more of a Ford prefect because yeah he's you know sass that hoopy Ford you know he really knows where his towel is I feel like that is the character that he portrays outwardly but maybe inwardly is is not exactly that person but he is able to be more of that person because he puts in the positivity and puts in the energy to be you know it's gonna be fine <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, yeah. but no, I really know He's what I'm doing. He's trying to manifest his own destiny. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like, he actually doesn't have it all together. Like, the, the stuff that happens to him and Arthur, bad stuff happens, and they pretty much get out of it by luck, by probability, you know? Absolutely, yeah. It, it kind of, I think, I don't know if that kind of influenced the way, you know, subconsciously, just the way that I decided to, like, live my life after that which is like yeah things are gonna happen you can't change the probability or improbability of a situation you just gotta go be the ford prefect you want to see in the world exactly <laughs> you have to be that character for yourself you know and <laughs> as insane as he is as over the top as he is and as completely bonkers not so as he definitely is <laughs> He is a character who understands who he is, understands, I think, his place in the world. And yeah. especially his attitude with um get trying to get Arthur off of uh off of the planet. Yeah. And he's just very like, you know, and you know, let them destroy your house. It's let them have a bit of fun. It doesn't matter anyway, you know. <laughs> let it's me just tip stuff. the bar bartender five pounds because it'll it'll make him feel better about his life, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I also very much relate to him in the fact that he is, what's the one quote where he's like, I don't know why humans have to always just state things that are very obvious and just, just, just <laughs> it's like you just have to talk or your mouth is going to stop moving and you'll never <laughs> be able to talk again. It's so true. It's so it's true. It's so true. It's such a good quote. It really, yeah, it really is. Yeah, that's such a good attitude to have, like, to... To just try to make your future what you want it simply by force of sheer will, like exactly, like because you know it, it's you know if you believe you're not going to do something, you're probably not going to do it. You know if your heart's not in it, it's such an admirable state of mind. Like it's something that I always struggle with. You know, just 
because of the way that my brain works and mental illness. But like that sort of attitude is so admirable because like the more you think that you are capable of something, the more likely you are to actually pull it off. I think we've both kind of been through a lot of social anxiety in our in our existence. For sure. I an incredibly awkward person. <laughs> yeah. You know, big same. But realizing that it doesn't really matter that that very forward prefect attitude of who the fuck gives a shit just fucking do it you know yeah <laughs> has been really helpful in me just kind of you know get feeling like i i'm comfortable with who i am so so yeah i think i've i've been slowly trying to morph into forward prefect <laughs> Well, you are one of the coolest people I know, oh, so... You're a hoopy through too, pal. <laughs> Thanks, friend. Anytime. <laughs> oh, but geez, that's well over an hour. Oh my goodness. Not too bad, not too bad. No, no, but, you know, still. <laughs> we, we do like to go on. <laughs> yeah, man, when we, when we get a topic that we are psyched to talk about... <laughs> There's no stopping us. Just constant you know love vomit out of the mouth for the next <laughs> for the foreseeable future which is good news for the longevity of our podcast yeah <laughs> come and listen to our vomit <laughs> come and listen to our vomit it's <laughs> oh, like the mantra of my life right Just listen please to listen to me talk about things i love forever <laughs> please that's all i have Give me this. <laughs> Just these collectible action figures and my my no dearth of knowledge of things that you probably don't care about. <laughs> right? I have a ridiculous wealth of knowledge about very menial things. That was a real fun one to do, though. Jeez. That was geez. a good time, yeah. That was a good time. Thanks for sharing your thoughts with us, you, Shannon, and all, and our listeners who shared their thoughts with us. Yeah, same, same with you. I like hearing about your hitchhiker's experience and, you know... Our, our friends and listeners sharing nerdy passions is kind of what we're all about. Exactly. It's it's nice that they are all uniquely different, but somehow still the same. Yeah, it, it's nice. It's a good feeling. Yeah. Like, we're all in this together, even if they do blow up the planet to make room for, like, a hyperspace bypass. Yeah, it'll it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, get, we'll be fine. <laughs> The mice will protect us. Exactly. The mice will totally protect us. It's totally <laughs> fine. Have yourself a pan-galactic gargle blaster. That'll knock out any of the sad. Yeah, probably just the one, though. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't go for two. One is more than enough. <laughs> but yeah, again, thank you guys so much for listening. We've really been enjoying making this podcast. It's It's been good feels for us. It's been helping us get through this these these trying times absolutely it's it's nice to have something to focus on and know that like it's gonna help at least a handful of people feel a little bit better for a while exactly that's the main i say you know what i found out i say exactly a lot <laughs> i i say uh perfect a lot yeah <laughs> I, I i figured out the things that i say on frequent you know on a frequent basis by editing these i like geez <laughs> that's my catchphrase it's not even a phrase. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh gosh. But yeah. Um. So you know, make sure you have your towel with you, everybody. You know, read read a fun Douglas Adams book. Read a couple of quotes. If you can find that really weird video game that came out in like the late nineties, early two thousands, let us know because I mean we'd really like to play that, but I don't think it exists anymore. Yeah, keep keep us posted on any developments on that front. Yes, keep us pro posted, friends. Probably just in the UK because I don't I don't know if it got an international release. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I I don't know if it did. Get it, get it to us. Also, weird to <laughs> trivia that I found out when I was researching Ford Prefect was that um, because Americans didn't understand that a prefect was you know a model of the car because we didn't have that model here he was named after the ford prefect and that was the whole joke that you know he almost got hit by a ford prefect and because he was trying to talk to one <laughs> and, and um That's they so actually great. changed the name of it into in some translations like in in french and in greece they actually changed his name to ford escort which i thought was so good <laughs> That's 
so good. I always assumed it was just like because I already was aware of Harry Potter. I just assumed that it was like you know a thing in British schools to call someone a prefect if they're like the head of the class or whatever. That's so funny. So, That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that was a fun bit of trivia that I found out. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> on that note, everyone, I have been Amy, and I have been Shannon. And so long, and thanks for all the fish. So long, and thanks for all the fish. We'll see you at the restaurant at the end of the universe. If it, you know, is still there. Yeah. For curbside takeout. Yes, exactly. Say six feet apart. <laughs> and God, yeah, man, I wouldn't want to eat that pig if it's walking around. Dang. <laughs> oh, man, that makes it even worse now. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm sorry I've ruined everything. Oh, Please. God. Quick, we gotta Please go. Please come back Bye, for everybody. our next episode. Bye. <laughs> Bye.